You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Good morning. The scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, but have shown them to babes. Indeed, Father, this brings you happiness. My Father has handed all things over to me, No one knows the Son except the Father, and nobody knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Jean, for reading our scripture this morning. Earlier this week, I had the pleasure of listening to another preacher talk about resiliency in faith communities. She mentioned the high rates of burnout among helping professionals, people like pastors or teachers or medical personnel or so many other people that we know and love, and some of you are. Now, the statistics that she was using, they were from prior to the pandemic. So when our world encountered the novel coronavirus, we were already in a state of exhaustion and heightened emotional anxiety going into a crisis. Now, when we're anxious... It's hard sometimes to make good choices, things that help alleviate our anxiety. Folks will get stuck in a loop of things that they hope will ease their anxiety, but actually contributes to it. One of those habits that I learned about in the last few years is called doom scrolling. It means obsessively scanning the social media or news on the internet, encountering negative news and triggering more stress hormones that make you feel even more anxious. So this week, we turned to our gospel, seeking to find a word of peace and rest in a world filled with anxiety. And Jesus makes a promise. He says, come to me, all who are struggling hard and carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest. That is a welcome invitation for so many of us. But you might be confused why Jesus continues on after offering this sense of rest. And he says, put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. If we're so tired, why do we want to pick up a yoke at all? 
This is a work device. This is what oxen would use to plow a field or pull a cart. Why would a tired person want to pick that up and put it on? Why do they need another job at all? But in this text, instead of offering us an escape from life, Jesus offers us a way through without bearing our burdens alone. See, a yoke can tie one ox to another. And that means that they share the load and they travel together. When we yoke ourselves with Christ, we walk beside him. We do not bear our burdens alone. And when you are yoked with someone who is much stronger than you, the stronger one bears more of the weight. But sometimes we say no to this invitation. And sometimes we don't want to pick up the yoke of Christ. And instead, we think that we need to live bearing our own burdens, the weight of the world resting on our shoulders. It doesn't make sense, just like doom scrolling doesn't make sense. And yet, we often do this. Theologian Walter Brueggemann has a thought on why we might do this. He says, we bear heavy burdens because we are coerced, driven kinds of folk responding to the endless echoes of some Pharaoh in our present life or from our ancestors. Pharaoh, of course, had insatiable demands. And as long as we live in the regime of some great Pharaoh today, we will never make enough bricks. He's referring here, of course, to the story of our ancestors. When they were in captivity in Egypt, they were enslaved and forced to make bricks for Pharaoh, never getting a day of rest. The story of the exodus from captivity to freedom in the promised land is the story of God's people being freed from this burden to make bricks for Pharaoh. And along that journey, the long 40-year journey, Moses went up onto Mount Sinai, and while he was there, God gave him the Ten Commandments. These are the rules for the people of Israel, a way to govern their community together. Now that they were freed from Pharaoh, they needed some guidance from God on how to live well with one another. So the people of God were shaped by these Ten Rules, and one of those rules is a commandment for Sabbath rest. But over the centuries between Moses and the birth of Jesus, the religious leaders of the community increased the number of rules in order to be a faithful follower of God. We see this habit today among some religious leaders now, even those who follow Christ. Instead of inviting people to pick up the yoke of discipleship, they offer a checklist of things that people need to do in order to keep God happy. But this adds to the burden, and it makes God's people feel heavy and weighed down, and sometimes simply busier, but busy for God. This is not what Christ meant by being yoked with him. In this text in Matthew, Jesus is referencing those religious leaders who had made following God's faithful journey into one that was heavy and burdensome. 
Jesus has come to fulfill the law and he gives people a new way to live. Theologian Rob Bell helps us understand what it might mean to be yoked to Jesus. He said, quote, different rabbis had different sets of rules, which were really different lists of what they forbade and what they permitted. A rabbi's set of rules and lists, which was really that rabbi's interpretation of how to live by the Torah, was called that rabbi's yoke. When you followed a certain rabbi, you were following him because you believe that rabbi's set of interpretations were the closest to what God intended through the scriptures. And when you followed that rabbi, you were taking up that rabbi's yoke. I imagine many of those rabbis had pretty restrictive lists. Some yokes could feel oppressive. And Jesus said his yoke was not oppressive, that his yoke was easy. I don't think that he meant that all of a sudden we wouldn't struggle in life. I think what he meant was we could put down the struggles that we put on ourselves. All of those external checklists that we think we have to check in order to keep God happy, we can set those down because it is Jesus and his grace that declares us to be God's beloved children. It is Jesus and his grace that declares us to be forgiven and freed. And if we yoke ourselves with Jesus, we can set down all of those other burdens that we pile upon ourselves. And when we walk through life, when there are trials and tribulations and there are hard moments, we walk with Christ by our side. And we know that we can carry whatever burdens come our way that are ours to carry because we do not carry them alone. We see this true physically when we have to carry a heavy piece of furniture and we have others help us. It makes the load light. We see this true emotionally when we have a hard decision to make and we reach out to friends and family and we have them listen as we work through our decision. We also see this when we are anxious, maybe when we are in a waiting room, waiting for a doctor to come and give us some news, and we have someone that we know and love sitting with us. They help carry the burden of that weight. That's why it's such an honor and a privilege for me to sit with families in waiting rooms in the hospital. I go to remind them that Jesus is there with them. He helps us to carry our burdens. It also frees us from carrying what's not our burden to carry. We are the hands and feet of Christ in this world, but he has already saved us. We do not do this work to earn our salvation. In this week's chapter of Liturgy of the Ordinary, our very last chapter in this series, Author Tish Harrison Warren wrote about how some folks were so overworking themselves in the name of Christ, they took something that was good and went to an extreme. She wrote, Wesleyan ministers in early evangelicalism often were called circuit riders. They were expected to work between 90 and 100 hours a week. So many early ministers collapsed under sheer exhaustion that the church created a worn-out minister's fund. 
Note that the rash of worn-out ministers did not cause the movement to rethink its tactics. It did not generate a theological discussion around the idea of rest and the sustainable Christian life. Instead, they started a fund, another activist cause to rally around, end quote. In their zeal for serving Christ, those early Methodist ministers, those circuit riders who would ride their horses from one church to another to preach and proclaim the good news of Jesus, they ended up creating another list of religious activities to accomplish. Part of being yoked with Christ means practicing the discipline of Sabbath rest, of living out that commandment to keep the Sabbath holy. Now you may know that Moses got those 10 commandments going up to Mount Sinai and the story of the Exodus that I mentioned earlier. That's in Exodus 20. But this story is also retold in a later book in Deuteronomy 5. And in those two tellings, there are different reasons offered for observing the Sabbath rest. According to the book of Exodus, we are meant to rest on the Sabbath because on the seventh day of creation, God rested After laboring for six days, creating all the world and everything in it, God rested on the seventh day. And so the thinking goes, if God rested, so should we. According to the book of Deuteronomy, though, we are to rest on the Sabbath because when Israel was enslaved in Egypt, they were never free to rest from their labor. And God liberated them from Pharaoh's slave labor. So keeping the Sabbath rest is a way of saying thank you to God for giving us the liberty to rest. The second reason for observing the Sabbath has a different feel, doesn't it? It makes me think of all the people across the planet who are not free to rest even today. There's no actual Pharaoh who oppresses people, but there are plenty of oppressors today. Whether they are office managers or whether they are kings or whether they are other political leaders, there is still forced labor of one sort or another happening today. There may even be people in our own community who are not at liberty to take a day off of work They only dream of having a Sabbath day. You may be interested to know that in the day of Jesus, the Romans looked on the Jewish Sabbath day with contempt. The Romans were committed to their work to produce many things by their labor, to master the world through their human effort. And so they believed that the meaning and practice of Sabbath was one to contempt. Jesus issues an invitation to rest, to practice the Sabbath. When Jesus says, come to me, it's not an altar call. It is an invitation to a new way of living, away from brick quotas, away from the dominion of this world, away from that which oppresses us. 
There is a yoke that Jesus offers us, but it is an easy one to carry. It is not the yoke of Pharaoh's bricks. It's not the yoke of the law of religion. And it's not the yoke of Roman demands or even the Protestant work ethic or constant online access. It is a yoke of trusting discipleship. One where we walk side by side with Jesus, the one who has saved this world and freed us from the world's demands to prove our worth through our work. So let each of us choose for ourselves to heed the words of Jesus when he said, put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. Thanks be to God for this invitation. Amen.